everyone, and welcome to another Blastburn Radio Showdown Spotlight. I am your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me, as always, is our scrappy boy, Messer Engine. How's it going tonight, Mess? Going pretty good. I bet everybody's surprised to hear from us. There's been quite a drought lately. I feel like we've fallen off the world, though there there are reasons for that, listeners who are not in the Discord. Yeah, I fucked everything up. <laughs> so TLDR, by losing horribly, I fucked everything up. No, actually, that's not it. So yeah, this probably isn't the episode of Blastburn Radio that you were expecting to have fall into your podcatcher of choice today. And there's a, a reason for that, unfortunately. You know, as we mentioned previously, Celeste was moving this past week. And sometimes moving carries hiccups, and it very much did this time. And she just got her internet back within the last 12 or so hours as of this recording yeah about that yeah it's it's been real bad and we weren't honestly even sure she was gonna have internet back until late thursday night early friday morning so yeah ultimately where we're at as far as the main show as far as normal blastburn radio because we didn't know for sure that celeste was gonna be back online until fairly late in our weekly cycle, we made the decision to extend the break for one more week just to make sure that everything's set up on her end, that she's stable, that her connection is stable, and most importantly, to make sure that once we do start back up, that we can power through to the end of Series 4 with no further delays. We would rather extend our one break than have it become two or three breaks. So our week off turned into kind of a mini summer vacation, but we're on our way back, folks. We promise, and we didn't want you to go another week without any content. So here we are for another Spotlight. You know, I think with the way that the schedule is going to be working out, now we're going to be finishing Series 4 at our like one-year anniversary or abouts there. So that'll be real cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, tonight we are here for a showdown spotlight. And if you missed the first episode in this series, in our showdown spotlight episodes, we aim to showcase a particular Pokemon, what makes it special, and how it's best used in the competitive metagame, both in singles and in VGC doubles. Uh, We released an episode showcasing Gliscor last month, and your guys' reception to that was really, really positive, so thank you. We also got several team submissions from you guys to use in our Friday Night Fight stream, which was really, really fun. So thank you to everyone for participating in that. June was a great success. And another month brings another great Pokemon to spotlight. Messer Engine, who will we be showcasing this month? This month on our July Showdown Spotlight, at the request of community member Aliara, we're going to be showcasing the original heavyweight who's been lost to the depths of rarely used Snorlax. Now, Cameron, I know that wherever you are when you're listening to this, you are screaming in existential horror right now and probably have been since you saw the title of this episode. For for the record, guys, for reference, not even an hour after the first Showdown Spotlight episode went up, not even an hour Cameron had emailed us demanding that we do Infernape next. Like, the episode was not even, like... The, the plate was still hot, as it were, uh, and he was already begging us to do Infernape. And for the record, Cam, the only reason we're not doing Infernape this month is because we would be repeating the same tier back to back, and that's not fun or interesting, we don't think. So we got another good recommendation, and we're going to take it. We'll come back to your Fire Monkey eventually, I promise. We will get there 
most certainly, but we kind of want to dip in and out of the different tiers. So like UU, RU, and OU, just so that Friday Night Fight remains fresh and interesting every month. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so Snorlax. Snorlax is classified as the sleeping Pokemon. He is a normal type. He's number 143 in the National Pokedex. He is an original Generation 1 Pokemon and was introduced as a single-stage Pokemon, though he gained a baby form, Munchlax, in Generation 4. You can only obtain a Munchlax in the wild in Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, and in Sun and Moon, or you can breed a Snorlax holding the full incense to obtain one. Munchlax evolves into Snorlax when it levels up with high happiness. He measures at 6 foot 11 inches and weighs 1,014.1 pounds. Snorlax is a beefy boy. Oh man, like that's 6'11", that's taller than me, and uh, guys, I, I do not weigh that much. That is way bigger than I am. He's, he's going to be practically a ball, like if you use those actual statistics yeah i mean well that kind of matches the sprite it doesn't seem like it's off uh off dimensions in any way now snorlax has been around as long as there has been pokemon literally and as such the the pokedex has had plenty to say about him over the years in fire red the pokedex states that it is not satisfied unless it eats over 880 pounds of food every day when it is done eating it goes promptly to sleep yeah, yeah. And in Sun, his entry states, its stomach is said to be incomparably strong. Even Muck's poison is nothing more than a hint of spice on Snorlax's tongue. That's real disgusting, honestly. Who <laughs> who wants to eat a Muck? Yeah, how do they find that out? Is Snorlax just going around licking Mucks? Just like, licking Mucks. <laughs> He's just like, this is food. Nom, nom, nom. So anyways, our, our boy Snorlax has access to uh, a couple of abilities. One is immunity, which grants immunity to the poison status, which honestly is is not super useful when you consider his movesets that we're going to be talking about. He also gets access to thick fat, go figure, which grants resistance to ice and fire type attacks, which is real good. And his gluttony was his hidden ability, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So gluttony allows him to eat berries at higher health thresholds. And yeah, those are his three abilities. Two of those are real good. Spoilers, one of them is not. <laughs> and, and specifically, it's important to note that with gluttony, it doesn't work with like citrus berry or orange berry where they eat them at, at pretty high health anyway but the the berries that heal for a shit ton of health but have a chance to confuse your your figgy your aya papa your wiki those berries instead of eating them at like i think it's 33 percent as a normal or 25 mm -hmm. pr pretty fucking low he eats them at half health so significantly better he just gets the munchies man yeah, he's just real fucking hungry. Uh, how do you feel about Snorlax, Mess? What is your impression of this Pokemon? I really like Snorlax. I, 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 my first view of that Pokemon was from the anime, not from the game, actually, which is really funny. And I'll never forget that episode with like the hippie with the uh, the polka flute. It just cracks me the fuck up every time I see it. I was uh, rewatching Indigo League. A couple months ago, and that came up, and I laughed. Just be like, I remember this. This is the most ridiculous episode. 
But yeah, Snorlax is real good. He, he's been so fucking strong and competitive for a really long time, but power creep over the years has just kind of been booting him down the tiers, which is frankly kind of a disappointment. Yeah. I, I was not an original Snorlax fanboy. I per honestly, I didn't really like normal types until relatively recently in my Pokemon adventures. They just always felt really boring to me and they're, they're not super effective against anything, which as a kid, you know, you don't really know the math behind Pokemon attacks. It's just, I'm going to click the super effective button. Well, normal doesn't have a super effective button. So where's the fucking fun in that? That being said, Snorlax is a real good Pokemon. And yeah, he always has been in the early days. He was an un, fathomably good pokemon and he's still pretty fucking good which is about all a generation one pokemon can hope for at this point realistically they just really needed to find a better typing name for normal you're right it does sound super boring yeah yeah and again it's funny because now lately some of my favorite pokemon to use have been normal types but back when i was a kid nah fuck that noise it could bounce right the hell out of here so you want to you want to talk about the the two roles that he plays in the meta because he plays in two two tiers pretty substantially. Well, maybe not two tiers, two different kind of like game types. Maybe if we want to put it that way. Absolutely. So so Snorlax was once the most powerful non-legendary Pokemon in Pokemon, defining competitive play in Generations 1 and 2 with its great offensive power and defensive bulk. His speed has always been abysmal. However, who needs speed when you can eat hits all day and then just sleep off the damage? The power creep of subsequent generations, however, has assured Snorlax's fall from grace. In in Generation 7 singles, Snorlax has fallen all the way to the, the rarely used, the RU tier. That said, not everything is grim for our favorite Doughboy, and in fact, he's seen something of a renaissance in doubles play. But let's let's start with the singles mess. How and when and why is Snorlax best used in singles? So the the set that's been used traditionally over the years for Snorlax has been uh, pretty consistent. Today, the standard RU Snorlax uh, runs a set which at its essence is everything that made it top tier way back in generation two where it was just a boss. More or less, it runs curse to set up Return for Stab, Earthquake for Coverage, and then your choice of recovery moves. Specifically, Snorlax can either run Rest alongside some lefties, which is real good, with a thick fat ability to also grant it effective resistances to Ice and Fire moves, or you can go the Figgy Berry route along with Gluttony to trigger healing for 50% of his total health when he drops to 50% or below. If you combine that with the move Recycle, which allows Snorlax to recover an expended held item, this allows Snorlax to achieve some scary levels of sustainability, though both of those options do have their weaknesses. Now, the singles Curse Lax is, as we mentioned, an oldie but goodie, but the fact that we've been dealing with it for close to 20 years means we found a lot of ways around it. First off, this Snorlax build is going to have difficulty against bulky ghost types. So we're talking Jellicent, Sableye, and Hoopa. In particular, in RU, both Mismagius and uh, Delmis will stop 
a standard curse like right in its tracks. Uh, as Miss Magius is immune to both of its offensive moves, since it has Levitate, and Delmi's will resist its Earthquake. Uh, Snorlax is also prone to losing straight up against strong fighting coverage, as I learned while testing teams today, before it gets a chance to fully set up with Curse. With Choice Band, Pangoro, and Swords Dance, Virizion uh, being really good checks for that. And lastly, as a Pokemon that's reliant on setup, and this is true of a lot of different different Pokemon, Snorlax is vulnerable to all of the normal counters to set up sweepers. So that includes haze users, uh, such as melodic and bulky unaware Pokemon, such as Quagsire. Yeah. Now Snorlax is also, again, seen a recent renaissance, uh, a resurgence to high usage in the doubles battles, VGC 2018 metagame. Snorlax is an attractive option in VGC for a number of different reasons. While setup generally isn't a viable playstyle in VGC due to the generally fast-paced nature of Devil's Battles, you don't want to spend a bunch of turns setting up. And frankly, setting up just puts a target on your back when both of your opponents can double into you. Uh, Snorlax has access to Belly Drum, which gives him a truly sickening return on investment for just one turn of setup, making it a much more manageable and viable strategy. Likewise, in a metagame that is rife with the use of Trick Room, a support move that reverses the normal speed priorities, it allows slower Pokemon to act first, Snorlax has the potential to become a truly fearsome sweeper, either as a counter to your opponent's trick room strategy. A lot of teams just run him in case they run into a trick room team to just throw out and be like, oh, that's great what you just gave me. Thank you. Or obviously he's a great threat under your own trick room. Standard VGC Snorlax will also run the Gluttony Figgyberry set that we listed um, under singles and a move pool consisting of, of Belly Drum Return, usually high horsepower, which is generally preferred over Earthquake and Doubles to avoid hitting your own partner and not having to protect, and the user's choice of either protect or recycle, depending on which they expect to be more valuable. Just like in singles, Snorlax is very vulnerable to powerful fighting type moves, and in VGC, there's a ton more powerful fighting type Pokemon to avoid. In addition, Snorlax is terrified of anything that prevents his berry from being used successfully, whether it's the ability Unnerve, which prevents berries from being eaten on the field, or moves like Knockoff, Bug Bite, or Thief. Uh, recycle variants should be doubly terrified of this strategy, as Recycle doesn't work if you're denied your item by an opponent. If it's knocked off or eaten from you, you can't recycle it back. Lastly, Snorlax never runs rest in VGC. The two turns of sleep are just way too damaging. And he, he's thus always incredibly vulnerable to status, specifically toxic and especially burn. Snorlax isn't the unbeatable powerhouse he was in the early Pokemon metagame, but for a Pokemon past his 20th birthday, he's still a powerful role player who is very good at what he does. And really, that's about all you can ask for after six generations of power creep. He knows what he does and he's damn good at it. He really is. Like we, we do a lot of testing with the, the teams that we make for this show. And I got to see this morning in some games just how not broken he is obviously but when if you're careful about how you eliminate threats to him before you bring him out and start cursing up like you can just mop up you know the rest of your opponent's team even if you were losing at the beginning to clear out those fighting threats and those ghost threats so it's real real neat 
Yeah. Now, as part of this show, we've both prepared teams centering around this month's Spotlight Pokemon in a relevant meta. And since Snorlax is relevant in two different meta games, we're actually going to spotlight both of them. So that should be pretty neat. We're going to include our teams in the show notes for this episode, and we would absolutely encourage you to take them for a spin yourself. Messer Engine, why don't you tell us about your Snorlax team and how you went about the process of building it? Sure, sure. So I haven't done a ton of play in RU over the years, and I wasn't super familiar initially with what the, the meta looked like. So I spent some time playing some games and doing some research and decided that we were going to run a, a very, I don't want to say a very different Snorlax build, but I'm not running Return and I'm not running Earthquake, which are two things that are very common. We started off Team member one is Snorlax, obviously, running leftovers with Thick Fat. It really doesn't get better than Thick Fat if you're uh, not running Gluttony. Just the, the resistance to Fire and Ice is fantastic. We named him Berry Fist because that is an excellent Snorlax name. We ended up putting uh, EVs in hit points, specifically 188, 120 in defense, and 192 in special defense. Just to make him a little more tanky across the board everywhere. He's got a careful nature. And we're running Curse. Obviously, you, you got to have Curse on, on Snorlax if you're going to run a real competitive set. But instead of running Return or Frustration, we're running Body Slam for the Para chance. Because Para is a big deal. And when you're three Curses up, honestly, it, it doesn't it doesn't make a, a huge difference. You're going for the, the one-hit KO pretty much regardless, and the Body Slam has utility if you have to hit earlier than that. It's running Rest, obviously, and instead of running Earthquake, we're running Sleep Talk, and in the matches that I've run with the team, this has proven to be 50-50. There are times when I come up against you know a, a Steel Pokemon where I really wish that I had Earthquake, but there are other times where Sleep Talk has really allowed me to carry the day. And after, I don't know, 20, 20 30 matches, I kind of decided that Sleep Talk was the way to go. I'm real happy with the way that it turned out. Now, some of the other boys that we got on the team are real slow. Snorlax is real slow, especially when he's cursed up, obviously. And we'll get to our other slow boys in a minute. But our first goal was to set up some hazards. And I do have a rocks user, but the, the hazards I actually want to talk about first are Sticky Web. We have Scuttle, our Galvantula, with a life orb with compound eyes, because that thunder that thunder that you want to hit a lot better it's running or i'm running a timid nature on it evs are 252 in special attack four in special defense and 252 in speed so it's just it hits hard and is real fast it's got sticky web thunder bug buzz and hidden power ice which is a pretty typical galvantula set the sticky web is really great because galvantula is pretty fast and there's a really good chance that no matter what it's going to get sticky web off and just slow everybody the fuck down which makes a really big difference when you have slow Pokemon on the team. It actually can make a fucking huge world of difference. From there, we're going to go right to our rocks setter because you still want to have your good, good rocks. We went with Bronzong, which is fun. One of the reasons why we did that is the big counter to Galvantula 
is obviously move ground moves so earth power earthquake that kind of stuff a lot of times if somebody in the ru metagame sees you're running a galvantula they're going to go to whoever can murder it with ground coverage and throw it out there because they expect you to lead galvantula because of sticky web and having another pokemon that has hazards that has levitate is really good because if i see they're running a nino queen or a steelix or a Dawn fan, or anything that has, or I assume has, Earth Power, Earthquake, I can just send out Bronzong and throw rocks out. And then they have to just spend time switching, or hang out and get a Toxic, if they're not Steel, at least. And nobody likes that. So Bronzong is running Leftovers, it's running Stealth Rock, Toxic, Gyro Ball, and Protect. It's got Levitate, as mentioned. It's sassy. We love our sassy Bronzong named Resonite. Eevees in HP, 252 in HP, 252 in Special Defense, and 4 in Attack. So once we had our hazards up, we were looking at how we were going to clear hazards. Galvantula is pretty freaking common in on our U teams. Uh, so we need a way to clear that Sticky Web out. Otherwise, yeah, and then we just got slow Pokemon with Sticky Web all over them, which isn't great. And we decided to go to our good friend Austin, now the Mega Blastoise, obviously holding its uh, Mega Stone. It's got Mega Launcher as its ability. It's a modest-natured Austin with EVs in HP, 252 in HP, 252 in Special Attack, so that you can actually do some fighting with Austin and 4 in Special Defense. It's running Scald, Rapid Spin, Ice Beam, and Dark Pulse. Dark Pulse in particular was really, really, really necessary. They're, with Scald and Ice Beam, if they're running a water Pokemon, they're going to switch it in. And just be like, no, like you're not going to do any damage to me. Having Dark Pulse means that we have a way to hit those switch-ins, at least decently. And if they try to switch into like a Ghost to stop us from rapid spinning and clearing our hazards they get a dark pulse instead and they don't like that real good our last two friends are there to murder the crap out of things because you'll notice that there's just a lot of defense and setup on this team and we went with our boy haunch crow fancy pants the haunch crow with his life orb he's got insomnia EVs are in attack and speed with just four in defense it's an adamant bird and it's got Brave Bird, Sucker Punch, Pursuit, and Superpower. And I'll tell you what, Honchkrow and RU is fucking devastating. It wrecks shit. Even a neutral hit off a of Brave Bird with Honchkrow, just, it, it wrecks things. It's a great wall breaker. Having Sucker Punch is real good because it's a great priority move. People try to kill you, you kill them first. I like it a lot. Fancy Pants did great things for me in my, my test runs of this team. In our last... Addition actually was a, a last minute addition, which is why they're last. I'm running a Roserade named Tuxedo Mask using Poisonium, Poisonium D, uh, or Z, not D. That's special D, damn it. <laughs> it. It's got Technician. It's got EVs in, uh, special attack and speed with just four, four little points in special defense. It's timid and it has Leaf Storm, Sludge Bomb, Synthesis. And Hidden Power Fire. I found in the first incarnation of this team, I was running a Shaman in that spot for some grass coverage. And I found that I was just really susceptible to strong fighting types. Like I just did not have good switch-ins 
to deal with that. In fact, a Machamp, a Guts Machamp almost friggin' murdered me. Uh, and it was real bad. So I put Tuxedo Mask in there. And generally speaking, they're able to switch in on fighting moves. It doesn't have like a ton of health or anything, but it, it can take a hit and then do a bunch of damage, especially if the sticky web is up. And I found that a Z-Move Sludge Bomb, which is Acid Rain, was really, really useful. Overall, I'm really happy with this team. I've run 20, 30 matches with it. I found that there are probably some holes in it that could be patched if I spent a lot more time tweaking it and maybe swapping out some of the Mon we have here. But it was real fun to use. Well, awesome. That's that's really dope, Mess. And I, I fucking love Tuxedo Mask. That is the best thing ever. Um, so... I wanted to make sure when I was building my team that I went in a very different direction. And in this particular instance, we have two metagames. I'm not vastly experienced in VGC. I'm not, I'm a lot better in singles than I am in doubles, but I decided to flex outside of my comfort zone and build a VGC doubles team around our boy Snorlax. So obviously we started with Snorlax and we started with our boy Tom Hanks making his return from Valhalla where Rohane left him to come back and wreck in the VGC 2018 meta. Uh, so we're running that standard VGC Snorlax, not doing anything fancy, just doing what works with gluttony and the figgy berry, careful natured and a custom EV spread, which has a little bit of points in everything, but primarily in the defenses. Now this spread Actually, all of my custom EV spreads came from a, a website called Picalytics.com. Again, I am not super duper well-versed and familiar in the VGC 2018 format, but Picalytics gives great analytics for what is being used and what is being used successfully in VGC. So I was able to see what natures, what spreads, what abilities people were using, and also what Pokemon things were generally partnered with, which gave me really good starting place for team building. So if you are new to VGC, if you're trying to build for the first time, or even if you're an old hand and you've just been kind of winging it, Picolytics is a great, great resource. Probably better than Smogon, because Smogon is very much focused around the singles metagame, whereas Picolytics may not give you like the detailed strategy write-ups, but it gives you really good raw data from VGC doubles. So there you go. Custom EV spread, careful nature with return, high horsepower, belly drum, and protect. Now, it really is kind of a coin toss whether you go for the Protect or the Recycle in that last move slot. I went for the Protect after a lot of playtesting because what I've noticed is that after getting the Belly Drum off, almost universally your opponent is going to go, oh shit, and try to double into your Snorlax to kill it with fire while the killing is good. And so protecting on the immediate following turn usually just gives your partner a free turn to act and can be really, really big and important. So I felt like that was the more valuable use of that move slot. Now, if I was just building a VGC team, I might not be running a trick room option, but because specifically we are showcasing Snorlax and because Snorlax is so, so good in trick room, we wanted to be able to set the trick room ourselves. We wanted to be able to make sure that we supported Tom Hanks with that trick room. Now, we have a couple of really good options in VGC for a Trick Room setter, but my personal favorite at this point in the meta is definitely Cresselia, and so that's what we went with. We went with Croissants, our Cresselia, modest natured, full investment in HP and special attack, with a moveset of Trick Room, Psychic, 
Ice Beam and Ally Switch, which is a really cool and interesting doubles exclusive move that switches your side of the field with your ally, which is another way, again, if I'm pretty sure Tom Hanks is going to get doubled into, I can literally switch sides of the field with him so that our opponents double into Chris Elia instead. So that can be really good and useful. And Croissant is running the Psychium Z to get some big dick damage. Now, another thing that you want to make sure that you have on teams that are built around Trick Room is a way to reliably set Trick Room because it's it's a very visible strategy. VGC players can tell when you're trying to set it up and they'll often either double into your Trick Room setter trying to KO you before you can get it up or they'll try to get a taunt off or something else of that nature just to prevent you from using Trick Room. So there's a couple of different ways that you can avoid that. Amoongus with Rage Powder is a really good one, making everything hit it. Clefable with Follow Me does essentially the same thing. However, the option that we went with was Fake Out so that if we have, see a suspected taunt user, if there's something that's going to hit our Cresselia very, very hard turn one, we can fake it out and prevent that. And the fake out user we went with is my baby Incineroar, who has seen actually really, really good usage in VGC since the hidden ability Intimidate came out. And for good reason, Intimidate is a dope ability in doubles, and we are taking full advantage of it. So we have China, our female shiny Incineroar, with the Assault Vest, Intimidate, and Adamant Nature, another custom EV spread with Fake Out, Flare Blitz, Knock Off, and U-Turn. And China is just so incredibly fucking useful because she can come out turn one, get the Intimidate off, Fake Out to ensure that Trick Room goes up, and then depending on what I'm up against, I can knock something off. I can Flare Blitz for some huge damage. I can U-Turn out to get a more useful option in really great options, really great options, a great, great lead. If I'm not leading with China, I'm probably not bringing China, but amazing lead. So from there, I've got the core, the beginnings of a really good trick room set. But one of the really different and important things about team building for VGC is you, your team needs modes. You need to have multiple ways to play, multiple ways to win. Because if you're not familiar with VGC, the way a typical VGC match works is you're, you're matched against an opponent. You each get a preview of the six Pokemon your opponent's has brought that they have on their team. And then you each choose four to actually bring to the match. So you only bring four of your six Pokemon to a given match. And so if you don't like what you're seeing from your opponent in team preview to win with trick room, you need to have another way to try to win. It's really important in VGC. So I wanted to make sure that I had a backup strategy that ideally still incorporated Tom Hanks, our Snorlax, but was not reliant on trick room. So the first place I started looking was, okay, we have a Z user, but we do not yet have a Mega. So I started looking at our pool of available Mega Evolutions, and I saw something that is not by any means a meta pick, but is real fucking funny, and I want to use it real bad, so I am. And specifically what I went with was a Mega Metagross, Jolly Natured, Max Attack, Max Speed, and the moveset I'm running on our mega, on our mega metagross, our megatron is iron head, stomping tantrum, ice punch, and psych up. So in a perfect world, turn one, Tom Hanks uses belly drum. Turn two, Tom Hanks protects 
and whoever was leading opposite him switches out for Megatron. Turn three, Megatron uses Psych Up and is also at maximum investment in attack. And things just get real gross and real funny. That's the dream. That is living the dream. Sometimes it works and I win real good. Sometimes it fails and I lose real bad. But it's always fun and I love to use it. So Megatron's a good fun boy. From there, I went with what is perhaps the most meta pick in any metagame you can possibly go to. I went with the Lander Astherian, which, yeah, yeah, I know. It's real fucking good, okay? Bite me. It has Intimidate. We're in doubles. <laughs> it's a good fucking Pokemon. Everyone's rolling their eyes at their podcatcher right now. It's a good fucking Pokemon, and it has something like 75% usage alongside Snorlax, because it has like 75% usage alongside everything, because it's a real good fucking Pokemon, okay? <laughs> um, the specific Lando T that we're running is a Choice Scarfed variant. We named him Mad Cat. He's got Intimidate, Max Investment, and Attack and Speed, and he's running Earthquake, U-Turn, superpower and oh god i entered him incorrectly he's actually running rock polish in this team i'm gonna have to correct the team builder before he posts this it's intended to be rock slide because doubles rock polish is real bad with choice scarf i'm gonna have to fix that (laughs) but yes rock slide you can only pick one and you chose go faster (laughs) yeah 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 but mad cat is is kind of the alternate to china he's the other lead that gets the intimidate off and then can either just u-turn straight out can get a rock slide off and go for a flinch has a lot of really good options there so it was kind of a no-brainer especially again if, if we don't like what we see if we're not going for trick room mad cat is just at that point a better china for that matchup now, for our last slot, we initially picked a Tapu Coco because Coco is another one that is just really fast and really good in VGC and makes for a really nice contrast to the, the trick room side of the team, right? We have a part of the team that's real, real slow on purpose and Coco is real, real fast. So again, modes. What I found through playtesting, however, was that this team with Coco on it was exceptionally weak to status, particularly our boy Tom Hanks is incredibly weak to status, particularly Burn. Anything with Will-O-Wisp is able to just fuck my life up because almost everything on this team is physical. And the only thing that's immune to Burn is, is China because she's a fire type. So ultimately, we wound up replacing our Coco with a Tapu Finny. For the Misty Surge and the immunity to burn while that's on the field. That was really valuable. So we're running Ariel, who is our modest-natured Tapu Finny, holding a Wikiberry with max investment and special attack, close to max in HP, and just a little bit of speed to outspeed a couple of things that are are the same, like, base power. And running Moonblast, Muddy Water, Calm Mind, and Protect. So again... Setup is not usually the play in doubles, but if you can get to a point where Ariel's late game and you can get a call mind or two up, it can really be the difference. But for the most part, she's coming in, she's getting her Misty Surge up, maybe launching a Muddy Water and then getting the fuck back out again. Is She's really on the team for her terrain effect, and she's real good for that, so I'm certainly not complaining there. So yeah, that's that's our VGC team. It's been... 
more wins than losses, but again, it tends to play big or go home. It either wins real good or it loses real, real bad. But I'm, I'm happy with it. It's pretty damn good. I think it's for the level of experience I have in VGC. I think, I think I did all right. I'm really excited to watch you do that on Friday night fight. Yeah, I'm probably going to lose a lot on Friday Night Fight because it's going to be on stream and they're just going to want to embarrass the fuck out of me. And that's just kind of how that goes. But it's going to be real good and it's going to be real fun. So, yeah, those are our teams. And that is Snorlax. And and I hope that you guys have enjoyed us speaking at length about our favorite fat boy and how he is best used in competitive Pokemon. But, of course, we want to let you guys know what you can expect from us and when you can expect it. Now, just to reiterate, now that Celeste is moved in and does have internet, our summer vacation is coming to an end. Uh, you can expect episode 44B of Blastburn Radio, the episode that is going to contain the recap of my gotta go fast catch up run of Pokemon Platinum, as well as our week three PvP to finally drop next Sunday at the same bat time, same bat station. Uh, from there, we are back on the grind and we are full steam ahead to the end of series four. So thank you guys so much for being patient with us and we hope it's worth the wait. Yeah, it's going to be real good. Jolly's got a story to tell you. Buckle up. I'm, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember You remember that Bible story about the dude who turned into a pillar of salt? Mm, I don't, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah, we're getting biblical up in this bitch. Uh, <laughs> now, as always, we'll be doing our showdown spotlight Friday night fight on the third Friday of the month, which for July will be July the 20th. And it's going to be over on Messer Engine's channel at twitch.tv slash Messer Engine. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, you get to come hang out with me this month on my birthday month. Yeah, mess is getting old as fuck. Uh, <laughs> now, be sure to email us and, and get at us. Let us know which Pokemon you'd like to see a spotlight in August. Uh, send us your Snorlax-centric teams for RU or for VGC for use on the Friday Night Fight stream later this month. Be sure to send those emails to BlastburnRadio at gmail.com or get at us on Twitter or Facebook at BlastburnRadio. Now, as always, you can follow me at BBRJolly on Twitter. And I'm at MezzerEngine. And don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets and their partner company, Astral VTT, which they recently rebranded. So if you've been listening for a long time and you've heard us talk about Power VTT, they are now Astral. So if you're looking for them, be sure to look under the right name. Um, and be sure to follow the show at Blastman Radio on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on what all of our hosts are doing online. Uh, now, I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-host, Messer Engine, for Blastburn Radio. I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you soon, folks. <laughs>